Thank you, worship team. Our scripture reading today is found in Proverbs chapter 2. We'll be reading verses 1 through 22. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. Please follow along as I read. My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments with you, make your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. Then you will understand righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Direction will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of pervert perverted speech, who forsake the paths of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsake the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down into death, and her path to the departed. None who go there come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. So you will walk in the way of the good and keep the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land, and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land, and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. Father in heaven, we are so grateful for your word. We're so grateful for the gospel. We're so grateful for the completed work of Christ. And what a joy it is to sing praises to your name for that wonderful truth that in Christ our sin is forgiven. But what a joy it is to also sing about that great hope and that day that we look forward to when we'll see you face to face. Father, we, we thank you for that. And thank you that you are continuing your work in us, your work of transforming us and how you use your word and by the power of your spirit to bring about growth and change and maturity in us and I pray that you would do that work in an ongoing way even today help me by your spirit to say what your word says and I pray that you would help all of us to hear it and receive it believe it and obey it and we'll thank you for the way that you'll work in Jesus name amen well wisdom is a big deal um, you can say 
It's the whole cake, not just the icing on the cake. Wisdom doesn't just make a good life better. Wisdom makes the difference between life and death, between good and evil, between wickedness and righteousness. Uh, some, Some people wrongly think, I can be a Christian but still live the life of a fool. That is like saying, I can be a follower of Christ but still continue on in my sin. It doesn't work that way. When, when Jesus saves us, we are forgiven, we are set apart to belong to God, and the Holy Spirit begins the work of progressive sanctification in us, which includes growing in wisdom, not folly. And, and again, remember that wisdom is the ability to make godly choices in the nitty-gritty details of life, that is, one of the fruits of being saved by Jesus. Now, wisdom also makes some very bold promises. Um, If you search for and seek after wisdom, then you will find the knowledge of the true and living God. You You will find a life filled with righteousness and justice and equity. You will find a person's whole being filled and flavored with wisdom, you will find a beautiful life. Not not necessarily a life without trouble, but a good life protected by wisdom. And so in chapter 2 of Proverbs, Solomon wants to convince you today that wisdom won't disappoint. If, If you embrace wisdom, you won't be disappointed there there is in fact a lot at stake there there are really only two paths on which to walk the path of folly or the path of wisdom you can say it's either the path of evil or the path of righteousness and these two paths look very different each step of the way even more so the end point or the destination of these two paths could not be more different. Solomon ends chapter 2 contrasting the end point of folly and the end point of wisdom. And Solomon does this to call you to walk with the wise. As a person redeemed through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus... Solomon says, learn wisdom, learn from Jesus and follow Jesus. You won't be disappointed. Proverbs 2 here begins another fatherly talk with his son. And this is something that all of us benefit from. We listen in on that fatherly talk and we learn. And there are four primary things here in chapter 2 that the wise father wants to teach his son, and wants to teach you here this morning. The first is to embrace the search for wisdom. Again, verses 1 through 5 say this, My son, if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments within you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding, yes, 
if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as for hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So verse 1 begins with a condition clause. If, if these things are true in you, then, verse 5, we're told what the result will be. So if you receive my words, if you treasure up my commands, if you are attentive to wisdom, if you incline your heart to understanding, if you call out for insight, if you raise your voice for understanding, if you seek for wisdom as you would for silver, if you search for it as a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So notice the verbs. This is where the action takes place. Receive, like, like a sponge soaking up water. Treasure. This is something that becomes very important to you. You don't want to miss it. You must have it. Be attentive. You, you work hard to pay attention. You, you won't let yourself be distracted from wisdom. In, incline your ear. So you, you sit up on the edge of your seat. You turn your ear to hear better. You, you move closer so that you won't miss what is being taught. You, you call out for it. You, if, if um, you, you ask your teacher to repeat what was just said because you don't want to miss it. You didn't fully understand and you want to hear it again. You seek for it. You exert great effort in learning and discovering. You're hungry for wisdom. You search for it. You, you pursue it with all of your might. Now, James 1.5 teaches us that if you lack wisdom, you can ask God who gives generously. And he will give wisdom. God loves to give wisdom. So you must pray, but... Not only must you pray, we're told in Proverbs 2 that you must search for it as you would a hidden treasure. Now, if, if we were told from a reliable source that the previous owner of this 13 acres that this church building sits on, if the previous owner had buried a treasure chest of gold coins that was worth millions and... It would be ours if we found it. If we found it, what would we do? Would we drive down the driveway? It takes about 10 seconds. Would we look out the window on our way out, and if we don't see it, uh, it's not there? Would we take a five-minute walk around the property and then give up? Would, would we search for a day, a, a week, would we get a team of people together with a plan to diligently search the entire property with metal detectors and maybe even a backhoe? If we were convinced that the, the previous farmer had buried a vast treasure, would we not stop until we found it? <laughs> that, that is how we must search for wisdom. No, notice that this Search includes a search for my words, 
my commandments for wisdom, for understanding, for insight. The, the truth of the matter is that all of us, every single one of us, face, face problems in life almost every day. All of us wrestle with what to do in certain situations. We, we may know truth, but we wrestle with how to apply it in particular situations. Uh, many times we just don't know we just don't know what is best from God's perspective. We don't know the solution to our problem. We don't know how to make sense of what's happening in our hearts and lives at the moment. We, we don't know what advice to give a friend when they ask. We, we need wisdom. <laughs> we, we need God's wisdom. That's the context of the wise father telling his son to receive my words and to treasure up my commandments. These words and commandments are coming from the father, but because what he gives is filled with wisdom and because wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord, it makes sense that the words and commandments that he speaks to his son come from the Torah and the law. Solomon would have gone to the Torah to learn wisdom from God. T today, we know that we find the greatest manifestation and treasure of wisdom in the person and teaching of Jesus Christ. Colossians 2 teaches us that. In fact, all of the Old Testament points to Jesus as the greatest treasure of all. Luke 24 teaches us that. Today we have the Spirit who was sent to give us understanding of all that Jesus taught. John 14 teaches us that. On, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus was joined by Moses and Elijah who represented the law and the prophets. And God the Father said this of Jesus, and I quote, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased listen to him Matthew 17 after his resurrection and just before his ascension to his father's right hand Jesus gave the great commission charging the church to make disciples of all nations baptizing and teaching people to observe all that he that is Jesus commanded in Hebrews 1 we're told that in the past God spoke through the prophets, but in these last days, God has spoken to us through his son. Jesus, in fact, is wisdom to us from God. So if you want wisdom, you must diligently search all of Scripture, Old and New Testament, to find Jesus to listen to and learn from Jesus. Jesus is our great treasure and you don't need and, and you don't stop searching until you find wisdom from Jesus. Jesus revealed in all of Scripture. Um, th this Jesus who is revealed in all of Scripture will give you the knowledge and the ability to make godly choices in the nitty-gritty details of life. In fact, it 
It's really Jesus who says, if you receive my words, if you treasure my commands, if you are attentive to wisdom, if you incline your heart to understand, if you call out for insight, if you raise your voice for understanding, if you seek for wisdom as you would for silver, if you search for it as a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So when you treasure wisdom, you treasure Jesus. When you treasure Jesus, you will treasure wisdom. When you search hard to know wisdom, you are, in fact, seeking diligently to grow in your relationship with God. So embrace wholeheartedly the search for wisdom, but also recognize Um, the source of wisdom. Verse 6 through 8 says this, For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk in integrity, guarding the paths of justice and watching over the way of his saints. So notice that you must diligently search for wisdom, and and yet it is a gift from God. Wisdom is something that the son must seek for with all of his heart, and yet it's something that only God can give. Again, this is why James 1.5 teaches us that if we lack wisdom, we ask God, who gives generously. God is a source of wisdom, and in fact, Jesus is to us wisdom from God. So if you lack wisdom or knowledge or understanding, you go to Jesus for help. What we need to make godly choices in life comes from Jesus. We seek him for help. Maybe you are plagued with the guilt of your sin. Jesus has what you need. Maybe you have a stubborn pattern of sin with deep roots and it's been hard to change. Jesus has what you need. Maybe you were hurt deeply by someone and you're having a hard time forgiving. Jesus understands and cares and he has what you need. Maybe you're experiencing brokenness in a relationship and you don't know what to do. Again, Jesus has what you need. Jesus gives wisdom, knowledge, understanding, so that you can respond in a godly way to the problems of life. And if you fear God, that's really your desire, to respond in a godly way. And that means that you want your life to reflect the character of Jesus in ways that bring praise and glory to God alone. Uh, In verse 7, we're told that God stores up sound wisdom, which means he's like this vast storehouse, a, a warehouse, a depot, an armory filled with sound and healthy wisdom. You you won't find better knowledge or insight or wisdom anywhere else. He he he's also a shield that protects you with his wisdom. He guards the path of wisdom and watches over you. These things are true 
for the upright and for those who walk in integrity, for those who are on the paths of justice and for those who are on the way of the saints. So if you are upright, you do what is right in God's eyes. You walk in integrity. You live with a single, undivided focus and purpose in life to wholeheartedly do what is right in God's eyes. If you are walking on the path of justice, you are living according to God's plan for all people. Justice is the Lord's truth and the truth about the Lord that should be embraced by all people. This this is the way of the saints for those set apart and who belong to the Lord. Now, as we search for wisdom and recognize Jesus as the ultimate source of wisdom, we are beginning, we're beginning to see how, in fact, our lives do benefit. But in verses 9 through 8, Solomon goes into even more detail. Um, he, he shows us about the safekeeping of wisdom. So wisdom protects you. Wisdom keeps you safe. Wisdom keeps you on the right path. Verse 9, then you will understand the righteousness and justice and equity, every good path. For wisdom will come into your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will watch over you. Understanding will guard you, delivering you from the way of evil, from men of perverted speech, who forsake the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil, men whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So you will, be de- you will be delivered from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. For her house sinks down to death and her paths to the departed. None who go to her come back, nor do they regain the paths of life. So when you find wisdom, you, you will understand righteousness, you'll understand justice, you'll understand equity. And, and here's what that means. When, when you understand righteousness, you understand what a life looks like that is lived in conformity to God's revealed will. It's righteous to learn from and follow Jesus. It's Righteous to put to death sin in your own life by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's righteous to be in the habit of repenting and seeking forgiveness and granting forgiveness. It's righteous to pursue moral purity. It's righteous to love God with all of your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself. It's righteous to value and protect the life of an unborn child in his or her mother's womb. It's righteous to lovingly confront a brother or sister in Christ who is caught in a sin. It's righteous to treat the aged with dignity and respect. It's righteous to uphold marriage between one man and one woman in a covenant relationship for life. It's Righteous for husbands to love their wives as Christ loved the church. It's righteous for wives to devote their life, helping to make their husband be the best man he can be for God's glory. It's righteous 
to accept the gender that God assigned you in your mother's womb. It's righteous to encourage people to work hard with their own hands to provide for their own needs and to be ready to give to others who might have needs. It's righteous to worship in spirit and in truth. It's righteous to not forsake the gathering together of the church for fellowship and worship and edification and prayer. Wisdom, wisdom helps you understand and embrace these kinds of things and so much more. But but also when you find wisdom, you will find justice. You, You will comprehend how All of life, everywhere, must be brought into alignment with the the truth taught by by Jesus. Righteousness focuses a bit more on helping the individual be the kind of person that God wants them to be. But justice focuses more on us living in right relationship with others in society, in community. Wisdom wisdom will teach this. Um, it's, It's interesting to hear how many people, even in the church have embraced today a call for social justice. God certainly is for justice. God is for justice, but he is the one who defines justice. And so we need great discernment today regarding the many, the many calls for social justice. The, the justice taught by wisdom will in fact bring all of life into alignment with the truth that is taught by Jesus. Now, as I understand justice, there are at least three things that, that wisdom will do. Wisdom will produce leaders who rule with integrity according to the truth. Wisdom will decide disputes or make judgments with integrity according to the truth. And wisdom will establish laws or policies or rules to govern community life, society with integrity according to the truth. And Jesus is doing that and will do that. Today, Jesus has begun that work redemptively through the gospel as followers of Jesus obey, observe and obey all that he taught um, as they embrace justice. But ultimately, I think it will be on the new heavens and the new earth where this will be fully manifest, where, where justice will be done fully. Again, wisdom teaches us Justice, But also, when you find wisdom, you will understand equity. And with equity, it's not that you will see all people treated exactly the same, but instead you will see each person treated in a way that is best for them or fair for them from God's perspective. Um, today, there's a lot of talk about equality. There, there's a call to treat everyone the same, to give everyone the same opportunity. The problem is that all people are not the same. Each person has a unique set of abilities and interests, and equity seeks to give what is best for each person from God's perspective. Um, The body of Christ is a perfect example of this. Christ has gifted each person with a gift or gifts. Not every person is gifted the same way, But each person has the same responsibility to steward that gift for the building up of the church and for the glory of God. Some some people just bleed with compassion, with mercy and compassion. Some 
think administratively or they love to lead. Others think about doctrine and how to rightly understand the truth. Some love to teach and preach. Some excel in serving the needs of others. Some give generously. Some have discernment to see things that others often don't see. Not, not all people within the body of Christ are gifted the same, but every member is needed. The Apostle Paul says it like this in 1 Corinthians 12, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an ear, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God has arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And we value each part. But then verses 21 through 26 continue. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which are most more presentable parts do not require. But God has said, God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. So this is an example of equity, not equality. Um, if you find wisdom, you'll understand righteousness, justice, and equity. Um, the text says wisdom will come into your heart. The, the heart is the seed of your intellect, your emotions, and will. So wisdom will fill you and influence you. How, how you think and how you feel, what you desire, how you make decisions in life. Wisdom will govern your whole being with with wisdom you'll have the ability to make godly choices and the nitty-gritty gritty details of life with with wisdom knowledge will be pleasant to your soul uh, gaining knowledge will be like eating good food that nourishes your soul with wisdom discretion will watch over you you won't just have head knowledge but you'll also have street smarts you'll Know what is best to do in any and every particular situation. With wisdom, understanding will guard you. You'll have understanding about truth and real life, and it'll be a form of protection for you. So these things, these things deliver you from evil. Uh, verses 12 through 15 says, Wisdom will deliver you from men of perverted speech who forsake the path of uprightness, to walk in the way of darkness, who rejoice in doing evil and delight in perverseness of evil, men who, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. So parents, let me, let me just say this. Don't make it 
your primary goal to keep kids away from, your kids away from bad kids. So parents, don't make it your primary goal to keep your kids away from bad kids. Um, There was a generation of Christian schools that thought if kids from a Christian family stayed together, they would be safe and protected from the world. What's the problem with that philosophy of education? Well, kids who grew up in Christian homes are sinners too, right? Um, An artificial bubble won't protect your children. Wisdom will. So parents, teach, teach your kids wisdom. Linger long in Proverbs with your kids. Help, help your kids see Jesus as the true son of wisdom. And I, and I want to say it's important for us that we don't go from Proverbs straight to your life. If, if we do that, we're going to teach moralism. Instead, teach Proverbs in such a way that Jesus is exalted as the true son of wisdom, who in fact laid down his life willingly, obedience to his father to redeem sinners. So teach your children that when Proverbs exposes their folly, they need to run first to the true son of wisdom, experience the forgiveness of sin in Jesus, and find in him the ability to make godly choices in the nitty-gritty details of life. This wisdom that Jesus gives will protect you from evil men. Not an artificial bubble, but the wisdom that Jesus gives will protect you from evil men. And it will also deliver you from the forbidden woman, from the adulteress with her smooth words, who forsakes the companion of her youth and forgets the covenant of her God. The text says, For her house sinks down to death, her paths to the departed. None who go to her will come back, nor do they regain the path of life. It's kind of a sober warning, isn't it? If, if you follow the forbidden woman, you will go down a path that won't end well. Following the forbidden woman will make you lose your way. If, if you go down that path, you won't return. So the question is, who is the forbidden woman? Well, it can include the prostitute or the adulteress. Uh, We're going to hear again in a couple of weeks about the danger of seductive, forbidden women. It's clearly a warning to men to avoid sexual immorality and adultery. But even more, even more, it's a warning not to embrace the forbidden woman folly. In these first nine chapters of Proverbs, both wisdom and folly are personified. The point being this, the forbidden woman, that is folly, can have smooth and seductive words that lead one down paths, lead one down to follow down a path away from lady wisdom and away from God. This, this path does not end well. And so Solomon ends 
this text warning you, wanting you to see the satisfaction of wisdom. If you find wisdom, this is what will be true for you. Verse 20, so you will walk in the way of the good and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will inhabit the land and those with integrity will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the treacherous will be rooted out of it. So notice, notice the contrast. The wicked will be driven out of the land, but the righteous will dwell in the land forever. So what's the significance of this land? Well, in short, this land represents God's final gift or blessing. Um, do, Do you remember how Israel became slaves in Egypt? Life got hard for them and they cried out to God for help. And God heard their cries and God sent Moses to lead them out of Egypt. And that happened in a, in a spectacular way. Um, after God delivered them through the parting of the Red Sea, God came down to Mount Sinai and met with them and gave them the law, which instructed them how to live as his people who have been delivered from slavery in Egypt. And God promised to lead them to the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. But that entire generation of people lived in unbelief and failed to obey the Lord. And as a consequence, they perished in the wilderness. They never got to go into the promised land, but God raised up a new generation and God called Joshua to lead them into the promised land. God gave them that land which was promised first to Abraham in Genesis chapter 12 and to his offspring. Joshua 21 verse 43 says this, thus the Lord gave to Israel all the land that he swore to give to their fathers and they took possession of it and they settled there. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, just as he had sworn to their fathers. Not one of their enemies had withstood them, for the Lord had given all their enemies into their hands. Not one word of all of the good promises that the Lord had made to the house of Israel had failed. All came to pass. Praise God for that good gift of the promised land. But it's that good gift that points to the new covenant promise of an even greater gift. The the gift of living in a face-to-face relationship with Jesus on the new heaven and the new earth forever. We sang about that a number of times this morning. It delighted my heart to affirm that wonderful promise. The, The path of folly will end in destruction, cast out of God's presence in hell forever. That's the end point of folly. But the path of wisdom leads to eternal life where God will dwell with his people, wiping away their tears, making everything new, and we will enjoy God fully in an unhindered way forever. (laughs) Praise God for that 
wonderful promise, that wonderful hope. The question is, which path are you on this morning? That path of folly that leads to destruction or that path of wisdom that leads to eternal life? I urge you, as this text here in Proverbs 2 urges you, to seek wisdom, to search hard after wisdom, as you would a great treasurer. Know that you will find wisdom in Christ, in Christ and his word. Know that wisdom offers a plethora of sweet benefits. Wisdom invites you to learn from and follow Jesus. And I want you to know you you will not you will not be disappointed. Let's pray together. Father, we're thankful for the picture of Israel enslaved in Egypt and you mercifully and graciously rescued them. Father, that's a picture of how we were enslaved to sin and you saw our need and you sent your very own son to lead us out of slavery to sin and death. You rescued us through the person of Jesus. This morning we just say thank you. Thank you for your kindness to us. Thank you for mercy and grace. Thank you for your work of salvation in our lives through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. But Father, this morning we're also thankful that you promised to be with us in this lifetime, but even more you promised to take us to be with you on the new heaven and the new earth forever. That, that is going to be a great day. What a, what a day that's going to be where, we, where you dwell with us. It's, it's, even, it's, hard, it's hard to really comprehend how great that day will be when sin will be no more. Where we'll see you and enjoy you fully forever. And Father, I, I'm thankful that you have given wisdom through Jesus to... Help us walk down that path that ends with you in eternity forever. Father, make our hearts keenly aware of the danger of folly. Help us to turn away from that path of destruction. Give us hearts that seek after and search for wisdom as we would the greatest treasure of all. And I pray, Father, that you would fix our eyes upon that reward, that, that blessing, that gift of life in your presence forever and ever. So thank you for the warning to stay away from folly, but the call and the invitation and the exhortation to pursue wisdom. Help us by your spirit to do that in ways that would bring honor and glory to your great name. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.